Welcome and good morning. Oh, good. There you are. All right. It's kind of bright up here. Um, my name is Doug Bridge. I'm the pastor of Family Ministries. So if you were looking for Jim Hammond, keep looking. He's not here this morning. Uh, and if you heard that we're not having Children's Church, you probably heard wrong because this is Children's Church. Okay? Just saying. I spend most of my time with kids 12 and under, and for the most part, you ain't them. So we're just going to pretend this morning and go with that. And all of you that are kids here, I'm so glad you stayed. Um, we're in a series called Exponential. Jim started it a couple weeks ago. He's done two. The third this week is the last of the series, so I get to wrap it up, and I want to in some way, just do a quick uh, review. If you were here, you know this is what Jim said. If you weren't here, it really is what Jim said. And uh, he said that as humans, we tend to think in terms of addition and that God thinks in terms of multiplication. A machine is made up of interconnected moving parts, whereas a movement is made up of interconnected moving people. And so this whole idea of a movement beginning and a movement exponentially growing, uh, an interesting, seemingly counterintuitive idea that comes out of some of the study that Jim has done with us is that one of, one of those key patterns is to wait and pray. Now, I'm a guy... If you keep it simple for me, I do much better. I have a problem with this. Are we in a movement? Or are we waiting and praying? Because I sometimes feel like I can't do both of those at the same time. And yet, some men and a number of other people, about 120 in total, waited and prayed for what was coming next. And because they waited and prayed, God's power didn't just add to their numbers that day. He multiplied their numbers. I don't know what it takes to get from 120 to 3,120. I don't have any idea, but it's amazing to realize that God will do miraculous things pretty much if I wait and pray and then follow him when he moves. Um, I want to share something with you that was really amazing to me. Uh, we just got back Friday from this trip, and Enlo, can you pop up the picture? There's some good-looking people up there. Uh, the two people in the front and the gentleman on the far left in the plaid are people who were part of the, the team and the staff down at Ninos de Baja, um, a little uh, orphanage that our church has been supporting and going to for a long time. It was a unique team because there are 10 of these 20 people, besides the people that are always down there, of our group from here, 10 of them were 25 or younger, which is a dynamic thing for the rest of us in the group because we can call ourselves, at least on this occasion, the 25 and older group. <laughs> I don't get lumped into that group very often anymore, but I kind of like how that sounds. But what was interesting is there were different levels of ability, different levels of talent, different levels of skills, different levels of interest. And yet, God took these moving 
people and did some things that were exciting for us to watch. Because all we, sorry, that's me, huh? All we saw was what we were doing. And on, uh, you gotta, we get there Saturday, we go to church with them on Sunday, which is a hoot because their service, we do one of their services, it lasts anywhere from, you know, two to whatever, hours. Um, and it's all in a language I don't understand. So, it, but you know God's there. But in this process of being there, we watched things happen in such a way that by Monday evening, which was the end of our first day of work, the guy there in the front in the kind of the red sweater, sweatshirt, um, he said, we didn't think you were going to get this far. You're kind of a small group, and you got a lot of young people in this group. He said, yes, we might be small, but God is mighty. And so the rest of the week they spent trying to find jobs for us, and we were pretty much up for the occasion. Um, everything from cleaning windows and raking yards and making landscapes look absolutely beautiful, to pouring concrete that nobody's going to see under the shed that got built and a room that got insulated and walls put up. And I mean, it was just, it was an amazing week. But you know what? That wasn't the best part. The best part was that the same group of people got to interact with the kids, the ninos, from like three o'clock in the afternoon on. And on Thursday night, we got to be with them in a worship time. They sang a song, and then they asked for anybody that wanted to share a praise with Jesus. And what's amazing is to watch 40 little hands go, because they've got stuff to praise Jesus about. Now, you, re you realize these are orphans, right? At an orphanage in Mexico. And they've got a ton of stuff to praise Jesus about. And it was just one of those things where as we sat there and watched the week unfold, it wasn't us. It was Jesus. And, and we just got to watch it happen, and we got to be a part of that, kind of like what's happening here this morning. I don't know if you, you caught on at all. This is a family Sunday, so kids are included. You realize that the kids that did our communion devotion this morning are all like barely middle school age? And they led us into communion. And I can do this because I'm not his dad. Let's see, Quentin was standing here, right? Quentin's 15, y'all. He led us in a song this morning, and, and it was exciting. And I love being in a church where the children are not the church of tomorrow. You know, are you with me here? They're part of the church right now. They're, they're an integral part of this church body. And to kind of show you how that works, we're going to get into a passage of Scripture that just adds on to what Jim has done. But could you go ahead and put up the next slide for me, Enlo? Because I know there are kids in, in church this morning that were here for Pulse. So all of you who are in Pulse, would you tell me, please, what this picture represents? Good. What's the name of the book? And what's the book about? And it's the only book of its kind in the New Testament, even though other parts are that way. What is this one called? It has what? It's a book of history. Thank you. So the book of Acts is a book of the history of the church. So you guys miss out on a whole lot when you weren't here on Monday nights. You should have been here with us. We've got a silly picture like this for all of the books of the New Testament. And it helps us not only remember the name, but what the theme is in that book. 
so that they're not just things on a page, but they're actually helping us remember that these are God's revelation to us and his interaction with us. So I, am I looking at the right camera if I'm looking here? So Ian and Evan, if you're over in that other room and you said it out loud, good for you. And if you didn't, I'm coming to get you. Okay, so we're going to be in the book of Acts. It's a book about the history of the church. And an interesting thing is that we're going to look at a story, an event, an occasion, a situation, if you will, in the book of Acts that has a very unfortunate story that goes with the story. You see, it's one of those stories that it's so clear and it's so simple, and it's so obvious what God's big picture is, and it's so clear about what's going on that even a child can get it. And so the unfortunate part of the story is that it has been relegated often to a child's Bible story, and adults don't bother with it. They just kind of read, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. And, and most adults, if you grew up in a church at all, you even know the song that goes with it. You don't, please don't sing it right now. And if you don't, I promise I won't because that would clear the room. So, but it's a song that goes with this idea of a crippled man who was crippled from birth. Now, that's fun, but now we're talking about a guy who's not having a fun life, right? I mean, I need you to put something in your mind as a mental picture so that we can use it throughout the rest of the time we're going to be together this morning. This is a guy who has never walked, ever. He was born crippled. So if you've ever seen anybody that's, that's had muscle atrophy in their legs, you understand the process that goes on. The muscles tend to shrink. He never had those muscles, okay? So he's basically got bones and skin with feet at the bottom, and they don't work. They just don't work. He has to have friends carry him around, which we'll get to in just a bit. And if you're asking at this point, so if it's a child story, why are we talking about a crippled man like 2,000 years ago today in Cottonwood? And the answer, unfortunately, is very, very sobering. Because there are so many crippled people with crippled lives today right here in Cottonwood, right here in the Verde Valley, all over the place. Yes, they might have a physical crippled situation in their life, but there are also people who are financially crippled. The debt has placed them in a position where their obligations have them begging for mercy. It's causing stress in their marriages, and that's crippling. There are people who are emotionally crippled, and they're begging to be loved and accepted. They're begging their spouses to pay attention. And there are the socially crippled who are so lonely. They just desperately need someone to care. And there's being crippled with depression. And there's being crippled with substance. Often substances that are abused because they just want some relief. It's just too much. 
We're anxious and fearful and stressed. And we clutch at crutches. We clutch at anything that will prop us up. And those aren't all the hurts that are out there. But as we clutch onto those crutches, the unfortunate thing is that we clutch onto them because of one thing and one thing only. Our very, very unfortunate pride. Because I will do it on my own. I will get through this. I will make this happen. I will get out of this hole. I will be able to quit. I will be able to stop. I can do this. I don't need anybody. And that pride is part of the whole crutch system. So this morning, we're going to look at a subtitle on Exponential, Better Than Any Crutch. And that's already written down, so if some of you are looking forward to filling in a blank, sorry about that one, faked you out. Okay, in order to understand this, this whole crutch thing, let me give you a real quick example of what used to be called the ham sandwich logic sentence. But I have learned that I need to be careful because there are truly people who have medical issues that cause them to need to eat food that's gluten-free. And so, you know, sandwich with the bread, not good. Um, I know that there are people who have made a vegan life choice. And ham, and with the ham, there's the whole kosher thing, too. So we're going to talk about the toasted hummus wrap <laughs> logic statement, okay? Toasted hummus wrap logic statement. Because it goes, some, statement number one, nothing is better than eternal happiness. And even people that don't know Jesus, even people that don't know, have a clue about, they would agree, they would love to know that they are going to experience eternal happiness. Nothing would be better than that. Second statement, a toasted hummus wrap is always better than nothing. <laughs> Seeing all of you over 12 are going, I know where you're going. And you're right. So logic dictates then that a toasted hummus wrap is better than eternal happiness. And we laugh because that's funny and that's ridiculous and that's not even good. It's logic. And isn't it the very logic that says, well, this crutch that I have, I can't get rid of it. I mean, I, I'm going to try. I'm going to do my best. But, you know, if my family suffers, oh, well. If... If my wife or my husband suffers, oh well. If my friends have to suffer, oh well. If I don't even get a chance to find out what a relationship with God, God is all about, oh well. This is this toasted hummus wrap is more important than eternal happiness. Wow. All of a sudden it's not a joke anymore. So our own logic and the conclusions that we draw are some of the very things that get us in trouble, and we think our logic is good because of pride. Because we must be the smartest person on the planet, right? So this brings us to our focus. And what is better than any crutch? Christ, Jesus, is better than any crutch. Thank you. So let's go to Acts 2.43. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs. This is, you know, going back into Jim's territory from last week, Acts 2. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. You get that, the difference there between just something that's a miracle, which is miraculous, and a miracle that actually points to something? It's a sign. 
It shows something more than just, oh, that's really cool, but it's saying, that's really cool, and look what's coming. That's really cool, and guess who's doing this? That's really cool, and there's big stuff ahead. And so this, this idea of these miracles that are occurring in Acts chapter 2 are great things. Let's go to Acts 3, and I've picked on you enough, so I'm going to go talk with him for a while, okay? Uh, Acts 3, 1 through 10. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. And I think they put those in there for us Gentiles, you know, that just don't have a clue about the Jewish day, the Jewish calendar. It's always confusing. Why does Easter jump all around? Jewish calendar. Okay. At 3 in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate. Picture that guy now. Okay, you've got that mental picture. Pull it out. He's the guy with, you know, like the broomstick legs. (laughs) To the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day. So there's where his friends came in. They actually brought him and put him there to beg from those going into the temple courts. Now, you've got to understand that if you're a realtor, you get this completely. Location, location, location. He has got the best spot around because he's been crippled since he was born. He eventually worked himself up to the best spot available right at the gates. Everything funnels through that gate. It's the gate beautiful. That's where everybody's, and that's where he gets to be. And when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he did what he does with everybody that enters. He asks for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John, and Peter said, look at us. And I'm thinking he probably, after all these years, had gotten kind of lazy. Alms, or money, Starbucks. I mean, I I don't know what he's asking for. Kind of like at Walmart. Okay, that idea. And they say, no, 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 look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Oh, oh, these guys must be loaded. They're wanting me to look at them. He's expecting something really, really cool here, like lots of gold, lots of silver. Then Peter said, oh, silver or gold I do not have. At which point, you know, he's inside clock has got to be dropping. But what I do have, I give you, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. How many of you ever had uh, any kind of physical therapy? Anybody? Physical therapy. See, the reason I can raise my arm is because I had physical therapy. For real, this shoulder was shot. And look at that. So all you physical therapists out there, bless you. Thank you very much. But you know what? You're all fired if this works all the time. Because you ready for the next page? Rise up and walk, and taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. Picture the guy. It hasn't worked. It's never worked. I I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I'm guessing in a group this size, somebody has had to relearn to walk. Broke something or was in a situation for so long that you had to relearn to walk. You realize this guy can't do that? He never learned to walk in the first place. There's no relearning to do. He's got nothing to fall back on. And man's feet and ankles became strong. He, wait a minute, he what? He jumped to his feet and began to walk. I mean, we read this and we're all going, yeah, okay, that's cool. Next page. If we're that guy, are we going crazy at this point? I, I got to believe that at some point, he, when he did that eye contact with thing with Peter, maybe it was like, 
Is he pulling my leg? <laughs> That's no pun intended. I worked hard at that one, okay? And is he kidding? He can't. He, if he's just going to take my hand, that's one thing. But he's starting to pull me up. Doesn't he see? Is he blind? But maybe in that gaze between he and Peter, because you remember Peter said, look at us. Maybe there was that moment where as he's coming up, he realizes, whoa, 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 whoa. Something's happening. Oh, are you kidding me? None of this. He just stands up. He doesn't just stand up, does he? He jumps up. I don't jump anymore. And my legs have been mostly good most of my life, and they don't do that anymore. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Oh, yeah. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking, and for some of you that are older, and leaping or jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. You understand, this didn't happen for them every day either, right? That guy's been sitting there forever. They've given him silver and gold, and now he's walking in. Is that 10 and low? Can I be done? Oh, good, thank you. Because it just gets too good. Peter doesn't doesn't have what the man asks for. He asks for money. And Peter says, I'm sorry. I, I don't have any silver or gold. I don't have any money. I don't have any meds. I don't have a health plan. I'm sorry. I got nothing for you that way. But what I do have is better because I have the love of Jesus. I have the authority of Jesus. I have the resources of prayer and I have the fellowship people are fellowship of people around me who pray with me. I have meaning and I have purpose and that is found in my relationship with the way, you know, the truth and the life. I have freedom, I have forgiveness, I have a savior and a Lord and my savior and Lord can heal you. What I have, I give, stand up and walk. Which brings us to point number one and wraps it up pretty well. You can't give what you don't have. But isn't it interesting that for so many of us, we do have. So why don't we give? Um, I feel a song coming on, Enlo. Lean on, I won't sing, don't worry. <laughs> Ain't happening. I wouldn't do that to you. Lean on me when you're not strong and I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. For it won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. You just call on me, brother, when you need a hand. We all need somebody to lean on. I just might have a problem that you'll understand. We all need somebody to lean on. On this day, I could see that guy singing this song. You know, except it'd be in Hebrew, so we wouldn't understand it. But, but this idea that he's, he's been given something amazing, and it brings us to point number two, which is... Lean before you walk. There was, there was this moment, if you will, between Peter and John and this guy, and it changed from what in the world is going on to what in the world is happening. Oh, my wonderful God. You know what's interesting is he went jumping and leaping and praising Peter. 
He knew. He was a good Jewish boy. He knew who healed him. It was not Peter. It was who Peter knew. Peter knew God. And God had healed him. And there it is. Lean before you walk. And now the cripple first begins to lean. And this gets kind of fun. Can we go to Acts 3.7? Is that what's next? Tell me it's next. Good, it's next. Okay. Dissed you long enough. Here we go. Acts 3, 7, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. That wasn't the exciting one I was hoping for, but that's really good. I mean, it was exciting for him, right? Um, can we go to Acts three eleven? Maybe that's what I'm looking for. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is the one I wanted. Okay. So now, the man has received the lift. His legs have gotten they work well enough that he can walk and he can leap. And, and look what happens here. While the man held on to Peter and John, don't you got to believe that even though his legs are healed and even though he can jump and leap, that he's probably thinking, I don't dare let go of these boys. Because, you know, not sure how this all works. I was sitting down a minute ago, like for the last who knows how many years. And now I'm standing up walking. I'm not letting go. And so he's hanging on to Peter and John. All the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. It's, it's pandemonium. Everybody knows what's happening. And they don't know how or why. But he's not going to let anybody get away because he wants to hang on to Peter and John. He wants to share what's happened to him with people. And he's jumping and leaping and praising God. Peter learned to lean on Christ. You remember the story. There was a boat and some water involved walking around. That's a different kid's story. He's passing on something that he gained and that he learned while he didn't have money and he didn't have crutches and he didn't have health care. He did have something better, and that was Jesus. And so we go to our third point, which is look before you leap. Peter is looking to Christ. He's relying on Christ. In this moment, Peter didn't do anything except say, okay, Jesus, do your thing. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Not because I'm Peter and I follow Christ. It's not that. It's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. In that moment, the movement became real for that man. He was no longer on the floor. Uh, have you got Acts 3, 4 for me? Is that on there somewhere? Yeah. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. I want you to look at something right now because this is the critical part. You don't need to look at me. There's going to be words on the board, but I'm not really worried about you looking at the words on the board. I'm, I'm really concerned that you're looking at Christ at this moment. Would you go ahead and give me Acts 3.19, please? Repent. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. This is what it all came down to, and I'm going to move this back out of the way because you all over here are going to have a bad view, but this is a PG version of Galatians 5:16 through 26. It's because we have a mixed crowd this morning. This is what we have to do with some of Jim's, Jim's sermons. There, if, if you go to um, Galatians 5, 16 through 26, 
This list of things is far more extensive. It has things in there that probably aren't appropriate for a mixed group like this, but envy, drunkenness, substance abuse, lust, greed, violence, addictions, jealousy, hatred, and gossip, amongst many other things, and the list could go on, it says in Scripture. The, the exciting part of this is that God's plan is that whatever these crutches might be in our life, whatever that sin is that's keeping us from having an abundant life, God says, there's a plan. I have a plan for you. It's, it's an amazing plan. It's all taken care of. It's all paid for in advance. All you have to do is say, okay. All you have to do is receive it. Because in that, and we always have to have object lessons in children's church, you've got the perfect son of Christ, total purity. And in the moment that he hangs on the cross, he says, you know, it's okay because I can remove all of that. I can remove all of that in ways that you can't imagine. And when I remove all of that, I don't just remove it, I remove the penalty of it as well. And I know that there are movies out there about the, uh, the torturous death that Christ had on the cross, and they are very moving. And I don't mean to, to make that sound any less, but I can't believe that the physical torture that Christ went through held a candle, was even close to the spiritual sacrifice that he faced. Because on that day, he took our sin. Let's just start with my sin. He took all of the sin from my life from when I was born until the day that I pass away, and he took all that sin on him in one moment. You know, and then Rick, he took all of your sin the same way. All of it, both of ours. And it was all on him in one instant. And then he started going around the room and all of us, all of our sin, at one moment, that's a lot of sin. But this is just one room. We've got the city of Cottonwood to think about. And you, you get where I'm going. The county of Yavapai, the state of Arizona, the United States, the entire world. But not just that. Not just the people that are alive today. The people that have lived throughout history and are going to live beyond us. All of that sin was dumped on Christ in that one moment so that this could happen. And the perfect son of God, for the very first time in all of eternity, had his father turn his back on him because he couldn't look on my sin. He couldn't look on your sin. And if you've already experienced that wonderful blessing of having all of that removed, praise God then you have what it is that needs to be given to others. So start sharing. And if you don't have that this morning, I'd love to tell you that, well, you know, you got these 32 steps, and once you do it, it's so simple, just say yes, I'll take it. Yes, I'll take it. So the, the prayer that Enelo has, thank you is different because this got rewritten in Mexico. But if you'd close your eyes with me, I'll pray with you. The first half of this prayer is gonna start with people who don't know Christ as their Savior, and if you wanna pray this silently or out loud, either one, make it your prayer. And then when we get to the second half, it's for them and for all of us. It goes like this. Lord Jesus, I reach out to you.
I repent. I want to take you at your word. I want you in my life. I want all my sins wiped away. And for all of us, I don't want to do anything that you've not planned for me. I need your help. I throw it on my crutches before you to cling to you and lean on you, Jesus. You're better than any crutch, and I thank you. I want to walk with you. I want to leap with you. And I want to praise God, your Father, with you to honor you and to bring glory to his name. Amen. If any part of that prayer is something that you would like to continue working through, we are going to have prayer teams in the front of the room. We'd love to, to share that with you. Thank you all. Have a very, very blessed week.